Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Lowe Tolhurst, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. Not all that glitters is gold. Half the story has never been told. Because righteous misgoverned the world. Come take a musical journey. From the suburbs of Long Island to the ghettos of Kingston. A heartbreaking overdose. A disturbing discovery. The last chance to redeem a stolen legacy. Broadcasting live and direct from the rolling red hills on the outskirts of Kingston, Jamaica. From a magical place at the intersection of words, sound, and power. The red light is on. Your dial is set. The frequency in tune to the Rootsland podcast. Stories that are music to your ears. In the reggae anthem Get Up Stand Up, the whalers sing, not all that glitters is gold. Half the story has never been told. My friend Brian always dreamed he could make the world a better place. Maybe by me telling his story, he still can. Consequence Podcast Network presents... Rootsland, Season 1, Reggae Junkie Joe. Whole barrage of righteous people out there. Because sometimes the story is the best song. I'm Leo Phillips, host of This Must Be the Gig. We're a weekly podcast that documents everything about the world of live music. Speaking with choreographers, costume and set designers, the people who run beloved venues and festivals, and, of course, speaking with musicians about that one gig that changed their lives. Get your peek behind the curtain at consequenceofsound.net, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. 
Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Thank you so much for checking out the series as always. Uh, hopefully you like what you hear enough to hit that subscribe button. Keep up with all the interviews that we put out every single week. Three brand new ones, one every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Great way to keep up with all of your favorite artists, discover some new ones, and know what's happening in the music world. Of course, you can find us at all the major spots like iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, YouTube, or anywhere you like to get your podcast from. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, the legendary Jane Birkin. We're going to be talking about her new record, uh, which has a French title. I'm, I'm going to crutch on the English version of it. Oh, sorry, you were sleeping. It's a new album of original songs that stem from her theatrical play of the same name, as well as the passing of her daughter, Kate Berry. Uh, Jane's going to talk about what attracted her to writing about ghosts. There's a lot of ghosts that kind of uh, hunt and come in, in and out all throughout the record. And the cinematic nature of the music, as well as continuing to find new ways to bring Serge Gainsbourg's poetry to the people. Something she's very, very famous of and something she's been doing in a new fun way during lockdown. Uh, we're also going to be discussing the work her daughters, Charlotte Gainsbourg and Lou Doylan, have, uh, have done and whether or not they discuss their art with each other. And then we also get a tip on what she's doing post-lockdown, planning at least a residency after this is all over with, to do the live versions of these songs. That's all on the way. Check it out. It's Kyle Meredith with Jane Birkin. Hello, hello, hello. First, I got to say how amazing it is to meet you. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. Congratulations on just this beautiful new record. Uh, I know I'm going to have to use the uh, the English translation. I don't want to murder the uh, the original title here of Oh, Sorry You Were Sleeping. Um, it's mm. beautiful. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Like the title, especially like this starts with a theatrical play that you did uh, years ago, right? Yeah, I, I wrote it first of all as a film and it came out with... Uh... Jacques Perrin and, and Christine Boisson. And then I, I did it again as a play uh, a couple of years after. And the film I directed myself and I'd written it, it was just the same as the, the play was. And then Etienne Dao came once, twice, maybe three times. And he said that he thought the text could would be a, uh, a good record, a sort of one person uh, musical. And so I thought that was a funny idea and, and, and why not? And I was secretly flattered that he should think that the text was worth anything. And then he used to pop me the question every, every so often and he wasn't free or I wasn't free because I was doing arabesque or I was doing session with the Philharmonic or I don't know, there were things that happened or then my daughter died and I didn't do anything for quite a long time and so, I, it was never the right moment. And then after having done the Philharmonic for nearly two, three, maybe three, four years, uh, I got my agent to find out from Etienne if he was still interested. This was 20 years later. And, uh, and he said he was. So I whizzed around to his house with two texts that I'd written about my daughter, one which was called Cigarette and one about the cemetery. And for me, it wasn't really possible to do a to do a subject um, that was um, about all sorts of things, jealousy and and uh, what all the rest of the record is about, but without talking about her because she died seven years ago and it was the most um, dramatic thing that had ever happened 
of course, to me. So, so we started with those two, and he'd he'd done all the music in advance. So he uh, played me a music that was a bit like Kurt Weill, and uh, he put the words of cigarette on that, and it sounded quite shocking. But at the at the same time, I thought, well, perhaps that's exactly what it should be, and how it should come out. You can hardly put a sentimental music onto those words, and. When we'd done those two, we went back to the children in the cemetery when they were playing Jeux Interdit, and we got then got going on Oh Pardon Tu Dormais, and he'd cut out everything that he thought had been vaguely interesting, everything in in the in the play, and then he got unhappy when there were a few things we couldn't fit into songs, and he made one up which was Je voulais être une telle perfection pour toi, that was just using bits that had nothing to do with each other and making a song with them. So he's been quite extraordinary because I never would have done it or even found it, um, that it would interest anyone to do it had it not been for Etienne. It, it's also interesting because, you know, any one of these things could have made for a full concept album and for you to be taking, mm -hmm. you know, from so many different sources to make this one complete statement and, and have it work together so well. Um, you know, as I listen through it, of course, you mentioned your daughter, you, you mentioned the cemetery and, I, and and there is the track called Ghosts. Mm -hmm. and, and I do find that they're sort of peppered all throughout the record. I mean, not everywhere, of course, but you do find little ghosts. And and I, I would start to wonder, you know, as I was first listening to it, are, you know, is it, are, you know, are these ghosts metaphorical in the sense that their memories or something like that? Or, or, or are we really thinking of more of a a gothic substance, you know, a real true... Well, maybe more of a gothic substance. I always thought that, it, I wish that it, they would be made into cartoons like Gustave Doré uh, illustrations and have and have you whizzing out the window on bat's wings of... Uh, a, a bit like, um, what was it, something on a cold mountain that was a bit out of fantasia when you saw all those fumes coming out. And, and, and then for you to be on, on their wings... So a sort of Peter Pan uh, going back home. In fact, the last song, which is Catch Me If You Can, is also going home. It's also the thing of going back to where you're safe. Childhood, probably. It's also picturesque, mm. cinematic in a way. You know, when I listen to this, I had to kind of check myself a little bit because a lot of times when I hear French music, I do think of cinema. Like, to me, it all sounds so cinematic. Not all of it. You know, mm. there's so many different styles, but so much of it does what you do uh, to, I started wondering like is that something I'm imposing on it or is that something that naturally comes with French music where it just sounds like every single song is its own movie this particular record seemed to me very very like a movie I mean when there was one which was Marie Haute the orchestrations of the whole thing were so extraordinary that I felt as if you know that you were on the, the boat Christine, Christine you know the, the the orchestrations were so divine that uh, Jean-Louis Perrault did. So so they were like little movies, yes. How, did you work on it, you know, so he's writing, they're writing the music and everything and, and you've written the words. How much do you work on the melody yourself? Because the melodies are amazing none. all throughout this record. None at all, none at all. And what's more, I was ill for a lot of the time. Uh, so he recorded a lot of the things and it was a surprise when I came back the little boys singing I'd always wanted, of course, but the violins, the the beautiful orchestrations, the bagpipes. Uh, I rather wanted the bagpipes. So uh, there were there were a few ideas 
oh, I don't even know that I had the ideas. I don't think so. I think they were all his. And uh, when the French said, but doesn't it sound a bit like Serge Gainsbourg? He said that he purposely tried not for it to sound like Serge Gainsbourg because it's already quite daunting for them to follow nearly sort of 40 years or 50 years of me singing Serge's songs. So of course they didn't try and do an imitation of, of Serge in any way. And, he's, and Etienne said, if anything, that they'd been influenced by John Barry's music, which was movie music. So that's how I realized what had touched them by the instruments even. And then of course, because it's me singing, then people think of Serge because we're sort of linked together so so strongly. And I know that's something that you've, uh, of course you continue, you've, the, the last tour was kind of built around the Serge's songs, but it, what was I reading that um, during this lockdown pandemic that you would be calling random strangers and, and, and reading Serge poetry to them? Yes, good fun. Yeah, what was that experience? Well, it's a theater in uh, the Tête de la Colline, and I know the man, Wajdi Muyawad, who's a very good director. And he had the idea that he'd ask actresses, actors, if they would like to, to ring these phone numbers. And, uh, and they'd sort of, I suppose, read poems to, to people, uh, which of course we didn't know. And um, I couldn't think of any poems where I was really very at ease. I mean, Yes, a few American poets maybe, but I was ill at ease with French poetry. I, I, I didn't feel I was going to do it very well. So I did Serge's lyrics. So when I used to ring up and do quoi de notre amour feu resterait que descendre, people were rather pleased. It, it takes 10 minutes out of a really boring day for them <laughs> and for me. <laughs> but what a special connection right there. I mean, and you know, and, and for you, carrying on, you know, the legacy of his words, obviously, you know, your own legacy, you know, with, with, with your, with your art and your work and now your own words. I mean, I, I'll go back and compliment you on the poetry on this record. I mean, obviously some of it I had to look up and translate, but you do have two English songs on here. Yes. And, and that's, uh, is that a first? Because it, that's, yes. that's not something you've regularly done. Why well, those in English? Because the music made me think of, of ghosts. And then, and because they were my ghosts, uh, for the beginning, uh, grand grandmothers, grandfathers, they all were English. So daughters, nephews, they were English. And then cats and dogs, of course, and husbands and friends have been a bit of a mixture, but, but they, it was sort of normal that it would be English. And perhaps there's a tendency that is English, or perhaps it's my, perhaps it's my family, perhaps it's my uh, grandfather who was a clergyman, I don't know that he used to put different heads on different animals, uh, stuffed animals, and underneath he used to write, such are the marvels of the, of the good Lord. So he was a very funny man called Poppy Russell. He was a eccentric English clergyman. So perhaps there's a tendency of finding all that rather enchanting in a way that, that seemed normal for ghosts. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have written it in French. And Catch Me If You Can was really I, I, Kate had written on a, a little piece of paper that she'd stuck onto her, her diary as uh, happy like Ulysses between his parents. And I thought, what's that? What does she mean? What did she mean? I mean, when people die, you look for clues. And so I suddenly thought, ah, well, perhaps that's where, where everybody wants to go back to be as happy as Ulysses, to be safe again, really. So as the music there again went, dun, 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 it, it went, it was a sort of falling music. He'd asked me to write an epitaph, Etienne, and sent me off to Brest, but I was unable to write an epitaph. 
but it, there was a sort of mixture between between Kate and me. And then the last time I'd seen her by the piano after a show I'd done, there'd been a party, so there were lots of people around her. And I always remember thinking, what were last people's images of her? Did they have the same impression as I did? Where, because then, supposing she, we've all stayed in the same positions, like, like um, grandma's footsteps, like that. And she's just walked through and up the stairs and off the roof. So it was, a, it was like a movie. Again, it was a very um, easy to see sort of thing. And, and then it took over itself as I've heard it happens to people with songs and it's true with Catch Me If You Can, I was writing it and suddenly it, it caught up with me. Directly I looked up what did about Ulysses and uh, something magical happens and you're taken away. And so Ghosts and that one, those are the only ones in English, no? And then, um, Oh Pardon Tu Dormais was really the dialogue from the, from the movie. I mean, it gets a bit more violent in the, in the, in the film or in the play because, because as he doesn't answer any of the questions that she's hoping for answers, which is sort of fatal because no one wants to reply what you want to hear at three, four in the morning. So in the end, in the play, she realizes that uh, she provokes him saying that it would be better if he left, that it would be better if he went to this other room. So she says, what, you have a room? So it does exist, a room and a key and a staircase. And, and, uh, and then she, she, she's so hysterical that she's, she's so frightening to look at. And she asks him whether he'll always see her that way. What can she do? by what what death will she have to have to get rid of that awful image he has of her and all these little bits uh Etienne put together par quel mort he put that in in Marie Haute nothing was wasted no it absolutely wasn't at least in my ears <laughs> yeah uh, you know, and, and again, I will I'll, I'll keep paying you compliments as often as I can on this because it's it's such a lovely album but it's it's also been written about it is a personal record you bring up you know your daughter kate and her passing and to make something like that musical i mean do you have to separate yourself in any way to get to that spot it doesn't really matter i mean it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't do much it's it's not as painful as it seems when i wrote it it was because i'd come back from a, i think we were in lyon and i'd gone into a pharmacy and then there was a little kit for manicuring your your toenails and a sweet little set. And that set me off because I remembered her feet and how delicate it was and how she used to take care of, of those beautiful white feet. And, and I got back to the, the hotel in a terrible state and Philippe Le Richon was there, my artistic director for years and years. And he just said, write it all down. So I went up to my bedroom. I didn't have any paper. I wrote it on the back of my uh, of my diary, and that that was it. Ma fille s'est foutue en l'air. I wrote it down like that. So when I went round to Etienne's, I just showed him that, and it was sort of mixed up between that and the cemetery. We're all in intertwined, and he helped me untwine it. And then he didn't quite know how to. He suggested this music. For, for cigarettes and then he said then he 
I didn't answer him for about three days and they got worried that I'd been hurt or uh, I don't know that I hadn't liked it or, and not at all. I thought that it was just the right way of doing it. it I was probably shocked and it's not something that I listen back to, not that particular song, only that song. I jump over it, not because it's painful, just because it makes me feel ill at ease. You, you have two other daughters. We're, we're big fans of Charlotte's, uh, her music here. I'm in Louisville, radio station WFBK. We play a lot of Charlotte too. Do you all talk about your albums when you're making no. records? No, we're all so secret. I know Charlotte's writing an album now and she wants to play something to me before she goes off to Los Angeles to record it. So I'll have that good fortune. But they said nothing about this record, neither of them. That's it. I guess that's interesting to me because, again, it is such a personal testament from you that, you know, I'd wondered if it would be in a family conversation in any way. In no way, no one even approached the subject of Christmas to such a degree that I thought, oh, my God. But uh, um, Lou said that it was punk, which was when I played it to her. And, uh, and that was months ago because I played it to them first, of course, even mm -hmm. before the orchestrations were put on. And Charlotte was very moved about with the graveyard one. And uh, they've never talked about it again. So I haven't brought it up either. <laughs> I just saw it climbing up the charts and was sort of, it was just a secret then. <laughs> but, but I mean, I go off to see, I've, I saw a couple of Charlotte's movies. Funnily enough, one on the other, the other night, there was, there was nothing on television very much. So I went on to, uh, to Netflix. And no, not even onto another channel that I'd never seen before. Perhaps it was Canal Plus. Anyhow, I suddenly saw her with that extraordinary beautiful face when she was in The Golden Door, which was about Italian immigrants arriving in America. And so I wrote off a text to her because it was she was so stunning and with with red hair. And then the and I remember being on the set with her when she was doing it in um, in South America in Buenos Aires. And, and then I put on a Martin Scorsese film uh, yesterday that was about an incredible woman called Fran... Leibowitz. Leibowitz. Yeah. And what do I see but a bit of Charlotte again and Serge burning a bit of the, the hundred Fentanyl. And so I wrote off to, to Charlotte and to Lou in my excitement and they'd both seen it. So I said, oh, thanks. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it was, it was such a, it was such a funny film to see, what's more, and such an yeah. extraordinary character that I knew they'd like it very much, and Lou being a book, bookworm, really, like, like her, I knew how much she was, she spends her life in Shakespeare and Company in Paris, and so she's very, very literary, and she writes her own stuff too, so perhaps we don't get too involved in talking about that, we talk about our private lives, and the misery of this and that and jokes and laughs and children, but we don't, don't talk about what we do. We all make such amazing arts. I mean, uh, you know, to be a fan, you know, to be able to get some of this stuff. I, I know I'm really lucky. We're all really lucky about what you all do. And for this record as well, you know, I'll keep coming back to that. Do, do you plan on touring it when that's possible? Is that is that in the cards? The idea is that we're going to set up some sort of residence, it's called, which is rather nice to rehearse for a few weeks in Jennifer March in April and then be on tour in May. I hope, I hope that will be possible. I'm not feeling very yeah. good to right now. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps I'll be, be in hospital by then. I don't oh, know. No. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Maybe, maybe it'll be all right by then. I mean, it's, it's, we've had such luck in it coming out before Christmas. They were going to put it off until February. And I thought, how do we keep everybody interested? I mean, I'd already done interviews and covers of things. So what do we do? People will be fed up with the thing. And then, no, a bit of luck just before Christmas, we were able to come out. So maybe we'll be lucky again. I certainly hope so. I, I would love to hear how these songs kind of come to life in those live ways too. Uh, I'll be looking forward to kind of checking that out. And and Jane, uh, it, it, again, it, it's such a beautiful record. It's such an amazing piece that you've put out here. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk about it. No, today. thank you. Thank you very much. It's boosted my, boosted my day. Thank you. <laughs> Great. Take care. Thank we'll you. see you around. You too. Bye, 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 bye. My thanks to Jane Birkin for the, uh, for the interview here. Thanks to you as well for checking out the series. Please do hit that subscribe button before you get out of here. Uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, YouTube, where the video versions of many of these interviews exist. And then after that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern, an hour full of song premieres and music news, anniversary spins, bonus interviews. Again, Monday through Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can also find me on the social media spots, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all three of them, at Kyle Meredith. That does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment your work stress disappears as you kayak through the canyons, or the moment you discover the life changing effects of prickly pear chocolate. But nothing beats the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the very first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.